You're watching KCMI-TV. Well, I'm so glad you joined us tonight, and uh, we're just going to kind of take a journey through the scriptures on a particular thought that God recently just put in my spirit. I'd never seen it before, and uh, I think that when we get done with our study this evening, that it'll be an encouragement to you. Um, just tell you up front, we're going to read quite a bit of scripture. And so I want to start off uh, with the passage of scripture that deals with when Jesus did his first miracle. Um, and so we're going to read out of the Gospel of John. I'm going to read 11 verses. This is out of chapter 2 of John and verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? For my hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the matter of the purifying of the Jews containing in our day would have been about 180 gallons. And he said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not whence it was. But the servants who drew the water knew, and the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. And so uh, there's a lot in this story that I felt like God just began to put in my spirit, but um, we'll just start off with, with this story. And the Bible says that Jesus and his disciples and his mother were invited to a, a wedding feast. And while they're there, uh, of course, we know in biblical times uh, these weddings could last up to a week, and so I would think that probably several days had transpired before this began to happen, and uh, they ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus came to him, and he said, she said, uh, son, she said, they don't have any wine. And Jesus looked at her, he said, my hour is not yet come. She didn't address him. She just turned around to the servants and she said, whatsoever he says to do, do it. And Jesus then turned and told him, he said, fill these pots with water. And when they had finished, he said, now, now serve it. And of course we know that the Lord turned the water into wine. And uh, the Bible says this was the first miracle that Jesus did. And I've thought a lot on this passage of Scripture, and I've wondered, out of all the things that, that Jesus could have done to start his ministry, I find it strange that this is the miracle that he chose, because if I was personally going to start my ministry, I'd have done something like raise somebody from the dead or heal somebody that was consumed with leprosy or, or blind men. 
But that's not what Jesus did. He waited until there was a wedding. And in that wedding, they ran out of wine, and then Jesus turns the water into wine. I think that there is something very prophetic that is going on here because Jesus is declaring something in the Spirit. And of all the things that Jesus could have done in the beginning of his ministry, he chooses turning water into wine at a wedding feast. Now, you go over to the book of Acts, and uh, in fact, we'll just <clears throat> go there because um, this is the second chapter of the book of Acts, and this is after Jesus has <clears throat> been resurrected, and the disciples, there's 120 in an upper room. And <clears throat> on chapter 2, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We skip down to <clears throat> verse 12, it says, And they were all amazed, and they were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. The ministry of Jesus, I don't think, was ever about uh, miracles. I don't think that he came on the earth to uh, raise people from the dead or open the eyes of the blind. I think that Jesus did those things because he was declaring that what you see me do, you're going to do also. Because remember he said, greater works than these shall ye do. So the Lord was physically displaying to his disciples, this is what's possible. But that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to raise up the bride of Christ. And so the Lord in this setting, uh, we, we find that Jesus waits in this celebration until what men use to make their hearts happy runs out. And I want to parallel to this time because we're in a time right now, not just in the United States, but in the earth where people have lost their joy. I hear people all the time say, I just wish life would go back to how it used to be. It's never going to go back to how it used to be because there is a sovereign hand of God that has reached down into the earth and the Lord has one yet great final work that he's going to release in the earth. And so we've, we went for years where everybody has been drunk on prosperity, they've been drunk on pleasure, um, they've been drunk on things that are man-made, and now all of a sudden, that's run out. We've watched uh, movies begin to die out, we've watched sports begin to die out, we've watched man-made church begin to close their doors, and there is a heaviness and there is a despair from Australia to India, from Japan to Indonesia and all over the United States and South America and all of the continents that you see out there. There is this heaviness that's in the atmosphere. Why? Because men have run out of the natural wine that they have drank. And so Jesus is sitting in this setting 
And of all the things that he could have done, this is what he chooses to do. And his mother comes to him and says, they have no wine. I, I think it's interesting that there had to be somebody there that knew what Jesus could do. Because his disciples didn't come to him and say, we're out of wine. His mama came to him and said, we're out of wine. Why? Because his mama knew who he was. She'd had a visitation from the Lord that said, this is the Son of God and the Holy Ghost. That which is in your womb is conceived by the Holy Ghost. So when she gave birth to Jesus, she had this divine revelation. She might not have understood the fullness of who Jesus was, but she knew he had the possibility to do the unusual. And when the need came in that hour, somebody who knew who he was went to him and began to tell him, we need you to do something. Could it be that right now there is a remnant in the earth that has turned to the Lord and said, God, we need a miracle in this hour. That's what we're all praying. That's what the prophets have prophesied, that God was going to do something supernatural. And so in that wedding that day, when Jesus turns the water into wine, it was not just to give these people wine. He was declaring that this is the purpose for which I came because he was doing in the natural what he was going to wind up doing in the spirit. And when Jesus is in the earth, he is he's doing something, the Holy Ghost and his disciples are with him. And when you read this, the scripture says that it was only after the miracle of turning the water into wine, it said, and his disciples believed on him. I, I find that very interesting because uh, Jesus says, I don't know how many of the disciples at that time he had called into himself, but he had never done a miracle, and they really didn't know who he was. So there had to be some kind of drawing power about Jesus that when he looked at them and said, uh, forsake your nets and follow me, they followed him without ever seeing what he could do. But there was something about Jesus that drew them to him. But that day... When they turn that water into wine, there's, there's so many types and shadows here. The scripture says that when that happened, that the master called the bridegroom. It's very interesting here because Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. Now, we got to go all the way back to the Old Testament and we're going to go all the way back to Mount Sinai. And here's the types and shadows. Israel was going to be God's wife. And Mount Sinai, and, and there's so much, there's books written on this, so I don't have time to go into the depths of it. But what occurred on Mount Sinai with Moses with the Ten Commandments, which was a type of covenant, and the Israelites being a type of the Bride of Christ, and God being the Bridegroom, there was a marriage that was going to take place. God was going to marry Israel. In fact, he did. And while Moses is on the mountain and God is writing with his own finger the marriage covenant vows, Israel is down on the valley committing adultery with a golden calf and God sends Moses back down and Moses breaks the covenant and that he, Jeremiah says that God divorced Israel. God has always wanted a wife. That's where this is all going. And so on Mount Sinai was where Israel was divorced from God. 
So now we go into the New Testament and Jesus in this wedding, it is a wedding that Jesus does this. Why? Because it is a type and a shadow of why Jesus comes to the earth. Because three, year, three years later, when you go through the scriptures, three is a pivotal number. All of the profound moments in which Jesus' ministry did extraordinary things is around the number three. On the third hour of the day, an unusual time, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Nobody's expecting this. And see, everybody has been waiting for God to intervene in this hour in the earth. And now we're to a place where a lot of people have given up hope. They're switching sides. Can I encourage you in the Lord? God does not need man's optimum circumstances in order to perform his will, and God is going to show up in the earth in these last days because there is a harvest that is yet to come. And so the Lord, at a strange hour, his mama comes to him because she knows who he is. And see, the Bible says that people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. We know who Jesus is. We have seen God come through too many times to throw in the towel now and say, well, it's impossible. We've run out of wine. What do we do? As long as Jesus is in the house, the miraculous is possible. They call the bridegroom and he said, most men serve the best at first. He said, but you have saved the best for last. Doesn't the Bible say that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former? What Jesus was doing, he was showing a type of what he was, why his ministry was in the earth. Jesus was formulating the marriage between the church and himself. Because on the day of Pentecost, Bible says they're all in that one place and they're in one accord and all of a sudden heaven opens up and um, when, when you in fact I was, I was just looking for the scripture but I'll read this they said these men are full of new wine and Peter standing up with his voice said unto them Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be ye known unto you, and hearken to my word. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is what? The third hour of the day. When did Jesus do his first miracle? The third hour of the day. What did he do? He turned water into wine in a time of a celebration that didn't have anything to celebrate about anymore. And now he is turning water into wine, hallelujah, on the third hour of the day because the Bible says that they thought they were drunk. Peter says, these men are not drunk, as ye suppose. He said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, <clears throat> and they shall prophesy. Now, I want to go back to the book of Joel. And I want to read you some verses. Joel chapter 2 and... I'm going to start in verse 1, 
excuse me, blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh, it is nigh at hand. And now he begins to describe what it's gonna be like, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the morning spreads on the mountains, a great people and a strong, like there's never ever been the like, and neither shall there be any more after to any many generations. And then he begins to talk about him, but he's describing, he says, when this day comes, it's going to come in a time when people are depressed, there is gloominess, and there is despair in the earth. And then he says, he says, down in, um, <clears throat> You can go all the way over to the last part of this chapter. In verse 25, the Lord says, I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sit among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and upon my servants and upon my handmaidens in those days I will pour out my spirit. This is where we are right now prophetically in the earth. Man has run out of wine. There is nothing but despair and gloominess in the earth. And it's in that setting all of a sudden that I believe that the bridegroom is showing up and Jesus Christ is going to pour out a new wine. Remember when he would talk to Israel about their inheritance, he said, I'm going to give you vineyards you did not plant. In Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, Be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess, which means a dissolute life, a hopeless life. But he said, Be filled with the Spirit. There is another move of God that is getting ready to hit the earth. And even as Jesus at the beginning of his natural ministry turned water into wine, he was declaring that the end of my ministry, I am going to show you that I am going to fill my people with a new wine, not of the natural, but it's going to be a wine that Joel talked about. And he said, it's going to pour out on all flesh. We are coming into an hour where God has waited till man has no hope that it looks like it's over and now the Lord says watch me and the bridegroom is showing up and everybody's gonna say my my what has happened God has saved the best for last and this spirit of hell that's come against you and come against the church that is trying to make us lose our hope and lose our faith I curse in the name of the Lord because there is a man hallelujah that's in the midst of our wedding celebration and the Lord is telling us when man has run out and there's nothing left watch me I'm gonna take that which is not wine and I'm gonna turn it into wine and my people hallelujah are gonna be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost this is not just a move that's gonna come back to the church but the Lord said the wine
sign that I am releasing in this hour is going to cover the earth. The knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And everything about Jesus was leading up to the book of Acts chapter 2 because the bridegroom and the bride were married on the day of Pentecost and God was fulfilling what was lost on Mount Sinai. And when Peter, it's interesting because <clears throat> until Peter and the disciples drank of the new wine at Pentecost, though they walked with Jesus in the natural, they could not stand with him in the spirit because the Holy Ghost had not yet been given. Acts had not yet happened. And the man that's preaching the day of Pentecost saying, these men aren't drunk. You, you think they're drunk, but he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel just a few hours before, a few days before, had failed and cursed God. What changed? He drank of the wine of the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The moment that he drank of that new wine, God opened up his spirit, and all of a sudden he saw it what he had read in Joel. Remember now, the, the early church, they only had the Old Testament. For the first several decades, the only thing that was ever preached was the Old Testament. There wasn't any New Testament. And all of a sudden, it clicks him. He goes, oh my goodness. He says, this is that what Joel was talking about. In the last days, I'm going to pour up my spirit on all flesh. I don't care what the enemy is saying. I don't care what the news is saying. I don't care how desolate it looks, how desperate it seems. Can I tell you that Jesus is in the house? Hallelujah. And when we've run out of our own strength, we've run out of our own answers, we're turning to the Lord and we're saying, God, what do we do? Hallelujah. And he said, he told his mom, he said, my hour's not yet come. What was he saying? He was saying, my season has not yet come. But Mary, with her faith, pulled on him. Jesus never came, I don't think, intending to turn water into wine until somebody pressed on him. What's happening right now? God is making people press on him. We are pulling on him. We're saying, Lord, we need you to do something. I want to tell you, I don't know when, but I, I really believe that, you know, we're in, we got three months to the year 2022. If there ever was an hour that we need Jesus to show up and give us, hallelujah, a freshness of the Spirit of the Lord, it's in this hour. And so I want to encourage you, Jesus turned water into wine because he was declaring what he was going to do in the day of Pentecost. Peter was declaring what Joel had declared. But the Bible says that God saves the latter rain and the former rain together. That's our hour where God is turning things into the supernatural and he is going to come through for us. So don't worry about anything. God, it's already fixed. He's already in the house. The bridegroom has shown up. The bride, hallelujah, is here. 
And I'm telling you, before Jesus ever comes back for the bride, we are going to celebrate in this earth over what God has done. So lift up your heads. Redemption is upon us. The word of the Lord has to be fulfilled. God cannot lie. There is a great harvest that is yet to come in, and you and I are going to see it. Until I see you again, God bless you. Stay strong in the word, and the Lord will come through for us. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.